welcome you this morning to the Way Christian Fellowship located on Route 321 just north of Prestonsburg, right across the road from Abco Security. I sound like a radio DJ, don't I? Can you say amen? But uh, Pastor Charles just asked me, uh, was I ready to preach? And uh, I said, well, I better be. Because it's too late now. Uh, let me tell you about a minister friend of mine. He was pastoring down in Louisiana. True story. And he said that he had a young man in his church that wanted to preach. but said uh, uh, And said he actually wanted to pastor the church. And he said the sad thing about this young man was he couldn't get started. And the pastor said he couldn't quit. But one weekend, this pastor was going to be out of town. True story. And he asked that young man, said, now listen, I'm going to be gone on such and such a date, and I need for you to stand in and preach for him, for me. And he said that young man clasped his hands together and in such a holy and solemn way and said, well, if God gives me something to preach, I'll preach, and if he doesn't, I won't. My pastor friend looked at him and says, you let me tell you something. Said, I can't leave this church in your hands with that attitude. He said, you're going to preach whether God gives you anything or not. Can you say amen? So, uh, and, and I want to be honest with you. That's the way it is sometimes, is it not? Uh, you, uh, the, the, uh, Paul told Timothy, be instant, in season, and out of season. Uh, you know, one of the blessings of having a Christmas tree up I think today is January the 8th. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the 8th? 7th? 7th or 8th? It's one or the other. But this tree is blocking my view of my lovely wife. So now what does that mean, Roy? That means when I say something that she doesn't like, I don't have to see her frowning at me. Can you say amen? Now watch her. She's going to scoot over now. Amen. (laughs) But if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 and 25, uh, I'm, as I say quite often, I, I'm not very long-winded. Uh, I'm, a, I'm one of these, I think, if you, if you speak too long, you lose the people. They're only going to remember just a few things you say anyway. Uh, I watched a preacher get up once and preach about two hours and 16 minutes on the year of Jubilee, and that preacher knew very little of what he was talking. I mean, he nearly killed us. I mean, uh, I think I seen uh, 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 the pastor left. I mean, it, I mean, people were getting up and leaving. It, it was so long. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, if you don't care to stand, uh, this is not showing reverence to me. It's showing reverence for the Word of God. But verse 24, Matthew chapter 6, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God if you've got a King James that says mammon. That is an old word for money. That's not what we're preaching on today is money, but that leads into this next verse. Therefore, anytime you see the word therefore, ask yourself this question. What is it therefore? And the word wherefore is a synonym of therefore. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought, take no thought for your life. He's saying, don't worry. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. 
Are you not much better than they? Lord, we thank you for the word. The word's already anointed. I ask now that you'd anoint me, anoint my wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord to hear and help us to apply. Everybody said, amen. amen. Look there, in four minutes, I've converted you to Pentecostalism. Everybody shouting, amen. But just a few moments, if you'd have some patience with me, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on the subject of anxiety and hope. Anxiety is worry. Originally, my message was titled, and it's the same message, but is God through with the United States of America? And I thought, well, I don't want to start off on a negative note like that because I don't know whether or not he is. That's up to God. But I thought, well, anxiety and hope. Anxiety is just simply worry. Uh, we just read where Jesus said, take no thought for your, uh, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Uh, he said, don't worry about stuff. Uh, like this. Do you know one of the end time signs in, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives you a big list of signs of what's going to happen right before the return of the Lord. But he also does it in Luke 21. And in Luke 21, he said one of the signs of the end would be that men's hearts would fail them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on this earth. You know, uh, now I'm not telling you folks you have to do this, but my normal Bible study time is five o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you have to do that. You do need to have a set time every day. And why a set time? If you'll have that set time, you'll guard that time. It will become a habit. And and, and for me, it's just, and I I don't sleep much. So I, I, you know, I don't, some people sleep later than others. But it, it, that, that's just what works for me. I get up, it's dead silence, the house is pitch black. I wear one of those headlights on my head to read the Bible because I still, even though I wake up early, I, I, I don't like bright lights in the morning. So, And I'll read a couple, of, and then I watch some news, of course, to see what God's doing around the world. But the Bible says that men's hearts would fail them in the last days and for looking after uh, would fail them over fear and for looking after what's coming on the earth. You know, worry, is it's linked to heart disease. It's linked to high blood pressure. I had a good friend telling me this week, he, when he gets really worried over something, says his arm starts hurting, his lips goes numb, his jaw starts hurting. I said, brother, you may have had a heart attack here. You're going to have to keep an eye on that. And he was just being uh, uh, honest. But... Uh, I'll just give you a few reasons on why I suffer anxiety. But now, folks, I'm not going to glorify worry and anxiety today. I'm going to glorify having hope in the Lord and despite, despite, in spite of our anxiety and our worry. But uh, I, I worry over our, our country. Uh, when I see the foolishness of the political uh, spectrum, not only in the world, but in the U.S. Uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan said, listen, if we go down, there's no place else to run and hide. We are uh, freedom's last stand. And I watched the way some of our, and I'm talking both sides of the aisle. This is not a Democrat and Republican thing. There's so many fools on both sides. I mean, uh, 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 I think Drake and Colin could probably do better than most of our congressmen and, and senators. But when I watched the foolishness of, of our political leaders, like a, a couple of weeks ago, they signed $1.7 trillion spending bill. And, 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 and the amount of the bill is not the problem. It's the foolishness that a lot of that bill is going to be spent on. That's the problem. It takes money to run a country. But when is a nation in trouble? The Bible is explicit about that. 
Psalm 917 says that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. But here's the verse that's the kicker for me. It's Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It said, Woe be to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Some of the things that's going on in our nation uh, uh, right now. 20 years ago, we would have laughed had somebody said that they're going to be teaching kids in some school districts that there are 72 different genders. We would have went, <laughs> as dumb as some people are, it'll never come to that. Well, friend, that is being taught in some school districts. Even though Jesus, the creator of the world himself, said in the beginning he created them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be uh, joined unto his wife or cleave unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Now, here's some hope. Righteousness exalts a nation. So pray for your leaders. You know, uh, uh, you know, last night, Rhonda and I was praying, but she didn't hear me praying this part. But, but you know what I prayed? I prayed that Chuck Schumer would get saved, head of the Senate. I prayed that Kevin McCarthy would get saved. I don't even know whether or not he's saved. I know he's a conservative in his thinking, but that don't make you a Christian. Uh, I never, uh, I, I don't think uh, Donald Trump is a Christian. I think he has a knowledge. I think he's a decent man by our standards. I think he's, I don't think he's a Christian. I pray that Donald Trump would get saved. Amen. But uh, they're teaching children 72 genders. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible, one day every single one of us in here is going to stand before God and give an account of our lives. And I promise you something. Not a single one of us is going to strut our stuff in there and tell God how he was fortunate uh, that we were ever born. Amen? Amen. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 9, God, uh, God was talking about Israel. He said, you can see it on their face. He said, they display their sin like Sodom. He said, they're not even ashamed of it. They're not ashamed of their sin. Uh, he said, they are doomed. And he said, they brought it on themselves. That's verse nine, but I love verse 10. But till the godly, all will be well with them. They'll get the reward they Earned. Just this week, I read out of 1 Corinthians 1 that no flesh will glory in his presence. That no flesh will glory in his presence. At the judgment seat, every one of us will be on bended knee, whether we're saved or lost, and we're all going to be saying the same thing. Jesus is Lord. The devil will bow. It's too late. Jesus is Lord. Lost people, we're going to be bound. Jesus is Lord, but it's too late. Can you say amen? Where do I find hope? All the reprobates. Now, what's a reprobate? That is somebody that God has turned over to sin. Their mind is so far gone. The 72 gender people, uh, their mind is so, it's impossible to be saved. The reprobates, they're not going to be laughing at Christians then. Stand up here for a minute, Charles. I'm going to use you as an example. Of manliness? <laughs> Usually, I use me 
as the example of holiness and him as the example of carnality. All right, but today I'm going to reverse that. I'm one of these reprobates. And you know, they're going to be known at the judgment seat. They're going to be latching onto a man of God or a woman of God. You know, they're going to be saying, can you put in a good word for me? Can you tell God I was just kidding? I didn't mean it. Can you tell God I was on his side the whole time? But you know what? It's going to be too late. Amen? Yeah. Amen. You sit down. Give Pastor Charles a good example and a good round of applause for being so carnal. Amen. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, people will be latching on to the people of God. Can you put in a good word for me? Can, can, can you help me out? It's going to be too late. And, and I want to say that again. Many will say, God, I was on your side the whole time. It's too late. When is it too late? Well, number one, when God says it's too late. That's up to God to make that call. But in 2 Chronicles 36... You can read this later. I think it's verse 16. It said they uh, uh, mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words and misused his prophets until the anger of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. God told Jeremiah at one point, he said, don't even pray for him. He said, if you pray for him, I will not listen. So that's kind of depressing. But... My hope is in God. My hope is in God. What causes me anxiety? To whom much is given, much is required. The United States has heard more gospel than any nation on the face of this yeah. earth. Even Israel. Mostly what they hear in Israel is Judy, Judaism, which was our founding fathers. And, and, and excuse me, according to Romans 11, one day Israel's a nation is going to turn to Christ. But no nation has seen the gospel we've seen. But now here's some more hope. Wise and knowledgeable people bring stability to a nation. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. There are wonderful people in our government, and we need not see. I was praying for those who I don't know whether or not they're saved to be saved. Well, some of them I know they're not saved because they wouldn't do the things they do. But pray for the leaders of the nation. Don't pick at their houses. Don't walk around with sun. Uh, Jesus didn't say uh, 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 start a ride. He said pray. Pray. Paul told, I will first of all that prayers and petitions be made for all men in authority. Amen. Now, here's the part of my message you're not going to like. Who's to blame for the mess that we're in today? Are you ready? demonized, lazy, prayerless, Bibleless, not reading their Bible preachers. Right. Amen. Let me tell you something. There's some, and I'm not against big, I, I wish, you know, this, we got a decent little crowd here today. I mean, I'm glad to see it. But I look forward to the day when, uh, there's a look at Carla, scoot over. <laughs> and Rhonda will say, I can't scoot over anymore. You got me against the wall over here. I mean, but it's not in numbers. Uh, listen, uh, and, and, and these gigantic churches, not that it's wrong to be a gigantic church, but many times lost people hide in those crowds. Going to a big church, you know, uh, most of these big churches, it, it would be a miracle if half the people were saved. Thank God for the ones that are saved. But... It's not in numbers. Uh, but I want to say this again. What's caused this? 
preachers who don't pray, preachers who don't read their Bible, preachers who are lazy, preachers who it's more important for them to have a crowd than to preach the truth. I remember years ago, Larry Lee, he wrote a book on prayer, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And he said as soon as his took, took over the youth of his church, he said, now the weenie roast are over, the swimming parties are over, we're going to read the red and pray for the power, and I forgot the exact number, but he said his group, youth group immediately grew from 300 people to 50 people. Because they weren't interested in God. They wanted the weenie roast and the swimming parties. But that, but he, that youth group didn't begin to grow. And eventually he was pastoring a very large church because of his good preaching. Amen. But in many churches today, you don't hear the gospel. You hear self-help, how to get rich. I watched a preacher preach on eating bran one night. Uh, so you can go to the bathroom. I'm not making this up. He was talking about diet tips. But the word gospel, if you don't get another thing out of what I say this morning, get this. The word gospel means good news. It means good news. You, and, and what is the good news of the gospel. We'll get into that in just a moment. But what you hear in many churches today, well, Paul said, I testified, Acts 20, verse 21, Paul said, I testified to both Jews and Greeks, we would be classified as Greek or Gentiles, repentance toward God. He never said, except Jesus as your Savior, Savior, he said, repentance toward God, then faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Getting saved is two steps. Repentance, faith. Lord, I'm turning from my sin, repentance, and I'm turning to you. In myself, I'm no good, but I'm trusting in you to get me to the other side. Amen. That's called faith in what the Lord Jesus has done. Today, how many of you women are old enough to remember a product called Dippity-Doo? I actually watched a Dippity-Doo commercial today, <laughs> a 1960s commercial. Well, men had about the equivalent of that. It was called Brill Cream. How many remember the Brill Cream commercial? Well, I'm going to say something out of a Brill Cream commercial that will make you remember it. Just a little dab will do you. And that's what you hear at most churches today. Are you a gangster? Just add Jesus. Are you a shoplifter? Just add Jesus. Are you a drug dealer? Just add Jesus. Are you a child molester? Just add Jesus. Are you an extortioner? Just add Jesus. You know, just accept Jesus. Are you a thief? Just add Jesus to your life. You'll be okay. Are you a homosexual, lesbian? Just add Jesus. Are you a drunk? Just add Jesus. Are you a serial killer? Just add Jesus, you'll be okay. And that's not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches repentance and faith. Look at your neighbor and say amen. amen. All right. I Listen, I dare anyone, whether you're listening worldwide or auction, whether you're in this building, I dare anyone 
to go home and read Romans chapter 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and tell me that Jesus says, after you come to me, it's all right to do just whatever you want to do. I dare anybody. The Bible says, know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. But Roy, what makes me righteous? It's when you repent and put your faith in Jesus. Jesus was the righteous one and he puts it on your account. You two kids that's getting baptized today, it's not baptism that saves you. You're telling people, hey, I'm, I'm turning and I'm going to follow Jesus and this is my first act of obedience is following him in an act of baptism. You're young, you're going to make mistakes along the way. You know what you do when you make a mistake? You said, Lord, I sinned, would you please forgive me? Help me to not do that anymore. And let me tell you something, you're going to be doing that a lot. And when you've been in this thing 50 years, you're still going to be doing that a lot because God is so holy, that's why it took God to pay the bill that we couldn't pay. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I'm getting ready to start shutting down. Where do I have hope? God always has a remnant of people. I don't care how bleak it looks out there. I don't, God always has people. I want to go back to the big church thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go to larger denominations, larger uh, uh, congregations. And there's nothing, I'm going to say that again, there's nothing wrong with that. But even though there's people in there playing games that's lost, there's people in there that love Jesus too. They are sold out to Jesus. Uh, most of us are familiar with the story of uh, Elijah and the false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. It's in 1 Kings right around chapter 16 or 17. But Elijah was looking at the children of Israel and they were worshiping God, but they were worshiping a Baal too. And Elijah said, how long, this is old King James, he said, how long halt ye between two uh, opinions? He said, if God is God, <coughs> excuse me, worship him. But if Baal is God, worship him. You can't do both though. Only one of them is God, so he challenges them. So we're going to do a sacrifice. The God that answers by fire is God. Well, the prophets of Baal do their altar. They squall and rant all day. Nothing happens. They, they, they begin to take swords and knives and cuts. There's, I mean, they did this all day. And if you ever read this out of the New uh, Living Translation, uh, uh, Elijah begins to mock him. He says, well, maybe he's asleep, your God, and you can't, he's the way to And there's one uh, part, uh, way it says maybe he's relieving himself. You know what he just said? He said, maybe he's at wee wee that's what Elijah said. Maybe he's relieving himself. Maybe he's gone to the party. And then when it's time for Elijah to do the sacrifice, he digs a, a ditch around the sacrifice. The, uh, the Bible says it'll hold about three gallons of water. He has them drench that altar with water. And he says, now God, to show these people that you sent me, Send down the fire, and the, the Bible says fire came down from heaven and took up that sacrifice, the water, and dried the ditch. It says, then he gathered the 450 prophets of Baal and put them to death. And then the next thing you know, the wife of King Ahab, Jezebel, she, 
When, when Ahab goes home and tells Jezebel what the, Elijah had done, he said, you send this back to Elijah. He said, tomorrow he's going to be dead just like them. He runs off. He's scared. And listen, folks, let me tell you something. Don't knock. I, I've heard preachers say, uh, this uh, backslidden prophet of God, folks, listen, I'm no Bible scholar, but let me tell you something. You don't call fire down out of heaven one day and then you're backslid the next day. It's just not that way, amen? He was tired and he began to run for his life. But here's the point I'm trying to make with all this. He told God, he said, God, they've killed your prophets. They tore down your altars. I'm the last one that's left, and now they're trying to kill me. And God spoke to him and said, I have 7,000 people besides you that have not bowed the knee to Baal. So God's always had a remnant of people. I find hope in that. I find hope, even though we're not a gigantic church, I have in my life, I don't think I've ever heard anybody uh, I've heard people offer their opinion on stuff, but I have never heard false teaching here in this church. And what I mean by false teaching is just, you know, uh, what I've been preaching against this, this morning. Just add Jesus to your life and live any way you, you want to. Yeah, I, I, I look at Charles, I just don't see that ever happening. Amen. Where do I find hope? I find hope in the gospel. And this is the gospel, folks. It's this simple. Man is bad. There's not a good person in this building. Amen? But God is good. And God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world unto himself. And once again, if we simply turn from our sins and place our faith in Christ, guess what? When we stand before Christ at the judgment seat, listen, when we stand before Christ, it's not to determine whether or not we're saved. When we get there, we're saved or lost. But when we stand before him, it's rewards or no rewards as Christians. But one of the things that most blesses me about the gospel is we do not have to impress God. And let me tell you why we don't have to impress God. Because it can't be done. He, when he was uh, 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 talking to the devil about Job, he said, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him. You know what he just told the devil? He's the best I got on that earth. There's none like him. But later on, God had to come on Job and say, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? See, even though Job was God's best, he still didn't impress God. Amen. Aren't you glad we're saved out of mercy? Yes. I am. Let me tell you something. The worst Christian on this earth, whoever that may be, and sometimes I feel like it's me. Can you say amen? The worst Christian on this earth is just as saved as the best Christian on this earth. Amen. We are saved by faith through grace, that not of ourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. And I'm getting ready to wrap it up. Jesus, the first time he came, he came in a manger. But ladies and gentlemen, the next time he's coming, he's coming to bust head. Amen. So what do you close with, Roy? Well, number one, one of my new favorite Bible verses, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. 
Number two, make sure we're on the right side of that head busting. Amen? In other words, make sure that when it's time to go, you're on God's side. Amen? The Bible says, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Amen? Listen, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand.